This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Conversation. Yes, and, I like uh, Dead Air is not good. No, Dead Air is terrible. <laughs> oh. But yeah, she's a lot of fun. That was a great interview. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, look, she's really made a tremendous sacrifice. Yeah, because we talked about it. I mean, she just got elected to that state senate seat, and she's, like you said, Julius Caesar burning the boats. Right, yeah. right. I mean, generally speaking, once you get into the state senate, you can stay there as long as you'd like, mm -hmm. right? As long as you're delivering for your constituents, as long yeah. as you, you know, you got elected, it's very hard to get someone out. And uh, particularly as a Democrat. And so... For her to do this, as she pointed out, look, mm -hmm. I mean, she's not a wealthy person. Yeah. Um, she's clearly committed to the mission. Yeah. Right? I mean, she's clearly passionate about the job. Absolutely. And um, I was impressed. Yeah, me too. For Very me, impressed. it's going to be a difficult vote in November. Yeah, I mean, for... Between her and Amore. I mean... It's going to be difficult. Um, I think both of them bring a lot of very I interesting think, things to the table. I think so. I think so too. I think they bring a lot of interesting experiences, and uh, I, I really, I really enjoyed the um, uh, just her, her her reasoning and her the the command of statutory interpretation. Like I, I had to take that in law school, you know, right, and, right. and so and so that that was a good reading, I think, of the law. In in my opinion, what I found about her was the fact that she has guts. Yeah. When she says, she, when I asked her, I wanted to see what her answer was going to be. Who, who, who made you sign that non-disclosure yes. agreement, right? And they held the money over her head. Right. So it's not like she, she broke down and signed it. They were holding the money over her head. Yeah. Which happens to a lot of people. Yeah. Right? And when she goes, speak of Bob DeLeo. Yeah. I said, that, that, that woman's got balls. Yeah. Right? That's all you can say. That woman's got balls. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think, I think she's, she's a good candidate. She really I think is. she's a great candidate. Yeah. And, uh, it, like that's is why we've been covering the race so heavily. She names names, man. Yeah, right? she does. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen. Yeah. Most I wanted to see what was going to happen yeah. because a lot of people would have given me a weasel answer. Yeah, right? and I would have understood a weasel answer. Right. She, but she give, just she gave she, the real answer. Very man. very. She upfront. named names. Yeah, it's incredible. It's again. This is why. This is why we've been. This is why I've been talking about this race almost ad nauseum because everybody's like the state auditor race. But I'm like, no, this is why it's important because you have really good candidates on both sides here. And uh, I think they both bring really interesting perspectives and yes. policy proposals to right. the table. Um, the uh, 
Yeah, it it, it was a very very uh, interesting interview. I, you know, with both of them too. I thought I thought Mori yeah. Mori makes a very good case uh, for, for his experience. Obviously, he can hit the job running. Yeah, on day one, I um, I got the sense from Diana that she's learned a lot about state government from being in the legislature. Yes, right. Yeah, as you would expect, doing budgets and all those, those things. And I think it's very telling that 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 experience has led her to want to help hold them accountable. Exactly, Mark. Yes. That's exactly where I was going with that. Yeah. Is that she's she said there's another place I can do more. Yeah. Right. And she and so she can hit the job, hit the ground running yeah. uh, when she leaves. And um, look, she's a natural for campaigning. She's charismatic. For sure. I mean, you know, Maury's very yeah. charismatic as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I found it. Look, I, I think um, two great interviews. And, and yes. so we'll have one more candidates. Is it we're going to we're going to have. Yeah. Been talking to him uh, about getting him on. He'll 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 come down at, at some point. Okay. We're going to have. um we're also going to have candidates for attorney general right. that I've scheduled. Quentin Palfrey is um, books. He's booked. He's going to be here in a couple of weeks before our sheriff primary debate. Oh, that's He'll right. be here. That's, that's seven thirty. Right. Yep. Seven thirty before our sheriff primary debate at eight o'clock. And um, I've talked. I've spoken with uh, Andrea Campbell's team as well, and they're uh, and uh, they're going to they're looking at um, a, a couple of weeks ahead too that we're we're, we're trying to get. Trying to get her in her into, and, and that's uh, that's a very competitive primary. Mm-hmm, the, that's so a competitive primary. The, yeah. the Republican, um, I think it's McMahon. He's running yeah. from the from the Cape. Um, I think that the Democrat, whoever wins that primary, will be uh, will win the general election. Yeah, um, which is not the case necessarily with the auditor. The um, but but I think it's good. You'll have a competitive primary and you'll have a competitive general election. Mm-hmm. But I do think the attorney general's race really will be decided in the primary. Um, yes, ultimately. So I think most of the the I think most of the um, I think most of those races will. Well, I mean, because I mean, it's not like Rayla Campbell's going to beat Galvin or Tony no, Sullivan, God, right? Yeah, no, I hope not. So, God, God so no. the, yeah, it's the only one where I think it's the only one where we're looking at a and in a lieutenant governor and governor. We we, we think that Healy's got a pretty strong lead. So, so unless something happens, right, and something can happen, um, I was around for the Bill Weld. Uh, John Silver race in 1990, when 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 it looked like Silver was going to be the next governor, and then he, he flipped out, right, and um, and lost the race. Those things can happen. We've been we, we remember the Martha Coakley um, Scott Brown race, right? Uh, just a uniquely bad candidate, I think. Just no, what I mean, and, and a unique circumstances, right? Yeah. So so you you'll need everything to go wrong. For one candidate to lose, yeah. right? I think. I think right now, where the election is, where it is, um, and it's it's still quite a ways out, but it's closing quickly. Um, it looks like the next governor will be uh, Healy. Yeah. Healy. I think that's that's a that's a pretty safe bet given given the uh, the polling data yeah. we have and, so, and so the, the, the momentum. So that means the lieutenant governor primary, because uh, they you know they'll be running to, the lieutenant governor primary will also decide uh, in the Democratic side who's going to be the next LG. So so what's interesting on that, Marcus, is that long ago the Republicans actually in 1990 Salucci and Weld decided to run as a team, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's been the case with Republicans ever since. Yeah, but it's not the case with Democrats. Yeah, because uh, uh, Baker Baker and Tissay did the same thing, right? Right. And, and then with um, then with Polito. Right. But with Democrats, no, you've you've basically you've got to run on your own. Right. And whoever gets paired, you know. And actually, I, I had all the on my old show. I had all the lieutenant governor candidates on. I all asked them specifically when Chang Diaz was still in the race for right. governor. I said, which one do you want? <laughs> 
you know, which, right? sure. which one do you want more? And they they wouldn't answer because they, you know, because it, really, it, yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't answer the question. Which it seems to me, honestly, it seems like a pretty good it seems like a pretty good way to tie yourself to 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 Healy and say. I think that's a very fair question. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Marcus. I don't think I don't think you I don't think you were laying a trap for them. No, they no, had to have no. seen like, that which coming. One do you want to work with? That, that's yeah. a real question. It's going to be your boss. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Hey, good evening, guys. Yeah, they were two interesting candidates. It's kind of like a tough call there. Yeah, it really is. Right? It is. It's a tough call. It's a good choice I for like us. That, I like that guy that likes the Rolling Stones. I thought he he was a cool dude. Um, <laughs> but the female was was good as well. Yeah. So it's going to be t- a tough vote come election time. Yeah. Um, oh, I have another uh, proposition for you guys. Um I talked to a um, gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps today, and he was willing. I said I'd talk on the show, and I was, you know, telling them some of my father's experiences in the Marine Corps a long time ago. Well, would he be interested in talking about the modern day Marine Corps? What's changed and all that? Sure. He said, yeah, why not? Yes. All right, what I'm going to do, he says he cannot talk about the president, absolutely, because it's against. I guess. No, I understand that. Yeah, I understand uh, that. Yep. Well, you're being an army veteran, you can understand that. No, of course. Um, I, was, I was in. Yeah. No, I get it. What I'm going to do is next week. I, I get bad feet and stuff, so it's sometimes hard for me to walk around. But just, uh, just, feet- just send an email to um to me or Tim, yeah. and and we'll we'll get that we'll we'll get that going. All right. Uh, I was thinking of your studios down in Fairhaven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can I just drop his um, name and number? Sure. Sure, yeah. Reception? We might not be um, here, but somebody will be here. Yeah. Okay, I'll drop the, I'll address it to attention, Chris McCarthy. And Marcus, yeah. And Marcus, yeah. And Marcus. Yep. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Um, it's okay. No, I'm, you know, I'm still Marcus here. Marcus is here more often than I am, truthfully. So it's it's oh, it's even better to put it to Marcus, really. Yeah, well, well, I Unfortunately. can put Marcus, too. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, I'm still here. <laughs> well, Chris, you're, you're coming back from a hell of a battle. Yes. And you gotta give you a lot of credit for that. I appreciate that. that. Thank you. Been able to the alternative was not as palatable, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know, let me ask something, Chris. When sure. you were in the Army, what was what was that like? You were in the early 90s, yeah. you know, during the 90s. What were they like in boot camp in the Army? I mean, I thought it was a blast. I really did. I mean, I, I volunteered to go in, so I, I went for the experience, you know. I didn't have yeah. to go. It wasn't one of those situations. I went for the experience. I had a hell of a time. I made a lot of good friends, guys. I'm still friends with to this day. I think it's a great thing. I I think that, you know, as far as politics go, there was very little of it. The um, And, that, you know, I understand. I, I, got, I enlisted under George H.W. Bush. I served under Bill Clinton. Um... You know, and, and it was just, I mean, that's why I understand what you're talking about when the, when you say the gunnery sergeant doesn't want to, can't talk about the president. Um, I got involved, more involved in politics then. I would say that for any young man or woman, I guess, but um, but it, it was a lot of fun. I would recommend it, really. Uh, th- there's a downside. You can go to war. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, well, that's part of being in the service. My right. father joined to go to Vietnam. That's right. what he wanted to do with right. his friend who's actually a decorated uh, war veteran of Vietnam, something in 67, some battle he was in, uh, told him he was crazy, and he went down. You know, they used to recruit people in the customs building in Boston, and he he went with them. 
my father was going to sign up for four years active duty, and he talked him down to a deal where he had, he was enlisted three years, he had to do two or two and a half years active duty. Right. And he said, do that first, see how you like it, and then if you want to sign on for more years, sign on for more years. My father did this time, he liked it, but I think he wanted to move on and get married and have, to have a family, and that, that's what he did. Right. I mean, look, right. I, like, I think the military is, is a great option for people, but I would just say this, that, for instance, when I was going through basic training, the guys who, who joined, and I was, I was in an all-male class, that's why I refer to it as the guys, because we didn't have any females in my basic training class, or my military police um that's just the way it was sounds lame so so no in, in the end it turns out to be better but i agree with you um the uh, the guys who who were there to get the free college and things like that they didn't make it because you gotta want to do it you got to be doing it for the experience and to be into it and to be patriotic and you know i, I mean i was a kid who grew up under Reagan in, in the Cold War and wanted to fight the communists, you know? And um, yeah. so that was just, I was into it, you know what I mean? So I would say that if, if, it's, if it's a thing you're doing for the financial benefits, although those are good, um, I wouldn't do it. I mean, because there's, there's a lot of easier ways to make money. I would say that, but if you want the experience and there's none better, not a day goes by that I ever regret having gone in the service, really. Yeah, I tried to go in. I couldn't pass that ASVAB test. Yeah. I wasn't crazy. I wasn't going to go in the Marine Corps. I tried to get in the Army and also the National Guard. And I just couldn't pass that ASVAB test. Yeah, look, look, they, they, they are um, they are exclusive in many ways. And it's a uh, but I would just say that everybody I know who was in the military, with few exceptions, were glad they went in. You know, um, yeah. I, I felt bad for the guys that couldn't make it through basic training. We had a kid who's funny. We had a kid from the Cape. I went down to Anniston, Alabama. There was a kid from the Cape. He was a good guy. I met him at the MEPS station. Then I saw him again on the bus down to the plane, you know. And um, he didn't end up in our, in our platoon. He ended up in another platoon. And I remember he quit, you know, and because um, he, he was there for the education money. He just couldn't make it. Um, there are some people that, I mean, it is, it's tough. It's not, it's not easy. And that's why I say you got to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, but if you can do it, you, you'll always be happy you did it, you know? It's something they can't... It's like, I don't know. It's like a lot of things in life. Once you've done it, they can't take it away from you, and you'll never forget about it. So I would say that if you if you have a young man... I say young man. I mean, it could be a woman, but... Because um, I worked with women in my unit. We had a lot of fine female soldiers who did great jobs. I had a female commander. Um, we had a lot of female sergeants. I, I thought they... You know, so I just say guys because it just... That was my experience, but um, I, I do think that... Uh, that's worthwhile. If someone someone's asking, I would always tell them to do it. But it's up well, to them. Those co those coed boot camps you're seeing on YouTube are actually experimental, and they're not um, they're not being recommended by the military. Actually, they're finding it's not working out. So when I went to basic training, we 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 had no females in my company but just down the road we had we had them. When I say down the road, just next tier over, we had them. I remember our drill sergeant said. Don't worry, you guys are going to be glad in the end you don't have them, right? And it's true, um, we were excluded, women were excluded from our group, and it was, but the guys, they had women mixed together with the men in the next company over, and um, there were problems, they just were. I mean, young men and young women get together naturally, and uh, it causes problems, it causes, it just does, it just causes problems. Yeah, 
it's, it's amazing. For, according to what this guy told me, the Marine Sergeant, he says that boot camp's still very tough. They they can't hit you. Right. He says, and I asked him once in a while, there must be an accidental bump, and he laughed when I said that. So they must, if somebody gets on their nerves enough, they might accidentally uh, trip them or something. So I can tell you what happened to me. So I got a bit of a wise mouth, and... Um, but also, I was a good soldier, and, and I'm not the kind of guy that, that people think is going to tell on him because I don't tell on people. And, and um, I, got, I got racked one time. The, uh, I was coming down a flight of stairs. Drill sergeant was right there. I mouthed off, and, and um, he just he gave me a shove into a wall, right, just to let me yeah. know that he was there, right? And, um, of course, I had been breaking his balls because I could do more chin-ups than he could. And... Um, and I used to kid him. I'd go, hey, how do you roll your sleeves up that high, drill sergeant? I can't fit my arms if I roll them that much, right? Because every time you roll the sleeve, your arm, you know, the sleeve gets smaller. So just to make him know that I knew my arms were bigger than his, right? So that's that, you know, you're going to pay the price when you do stuff like that. So I got, but it was not, I didn't get hurt, you know, but it was just to let him, he let me know. And um, that was fine because I didn't care. You know, I didn't. I didn't take it as anything other than he was letting me know, right? We're men, so uh, there is some of that. I saw it. I saw it. I saw a private swing on a drill sergeant in basic training on the first day. I saw a private swing on the drill sergeant, and I saw them you kick see. his ass. They kicked his oh, ass yeah. right there on the, right there in front of all of us, and then they put us in a formation and said, "What did you see?" And I said, "I saw nothing," because that's exactly what I saw—nothing. And. Um, the guy, the guy swung on a drill sergeant, and they kicked him. They literally kicked his ass right there. Oh yeah, they tortured. They were tortured. It wasn't torture, man. They kicked his ass because there's, the drill sergeants can't let it be that way. You can't, it's, you know, you just can't. But, but that's a very few and far between. And the guy had it coming. So anyway, that that's my point. Yep. I, I think it's worth it. It's a, you know, uh, but it's not for everybody. It's not. And uh, if you didn't, if it, if it wasn't for you, and it wasn't. That's okay, too. But, yeah, have that guy get in touch with us. All right. His name's Gunnery Sergeant Robbins. Okay. All right. Thanks, man. I yeah. Will, I'll leave the info down at the office. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Thank dude. You. Appreciate it. All right. You guys have a good night. Thanks, you as well. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Johnny Wendell. Johnny. Hey, what's going on, man? What's up? What's happened? Uh, you know, the thing I wanted to talk about tonight that struck me kind of strange I heard in the news tonight was um, that the police department giving an instruction out that uh, nobody should be flying drones over the feast. So we, I, was, I wanted to talk about that. Can, Tim, they, do, can they do that? Tim, Tim has a... It's a good question. So Tim has a Tim has a story out on WBSM.com about that. They 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 have a basically they're trying to implement I guess a drone ban. Right. And right. Tim did ask because if it's because they had their own drones and they were they, oh, they said very interesting. they said uh, they I don't think they committed to an answer on it. So they don't like to mention if the New Bedford Police Department has drones, they don't like to brag about it. They don't yeah. like to brag okay, about. Okay, so it. I, I, when this whole, you know, you know, when everybody wanted to suspend Magna Carta, <laughs> Magna, uh, suspend habeas corpus. I right. mean, for the uh, a, the ATV vehicles, right. I asked them if they had. Um, I asked them if they had uh, drones, and I, straight up unambiguously, we do not have drones. So, so I, I can tell you that 
Hmm. I've heard from other members of law enforcement in this region that they do have them. I've heard from Fairhaven that they, they have they have drones that they use for search and rescue. I know yeah. Fairhaven has them. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine that New, New Bedford has a weird... I've heard another answer too, Marcus. It's a qualified yes, right? They say, oh, we have them, but they're not ours. That we have the, we have the ability to use drones from another agency when we need them. Something to that effect, um, which... Um, I, I understood to mean we don't really want to give you the answer. But I can tell you that from listening to the New Bedford scanner, which I do regularly, just this week they've had a problem with drones in the city. Yeah. Someone flying them over people's houses in the north end. Um, you had a, personally had them had being flying over your house in Fave. Yeah. So so I would say that, first of all, I don't know how they would implement that, that ban. Do you? No. Right? I don't know how, like... Unenforceable, right? How, how they they don't. I don't think they have jurisdiction over airspace. No, the uh, FAA has it. Right, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. And they, and they actually, in fact, when I asked them about the, when I asked them about the drones, the spokesperson had told me that they did, drones are logistically uh, tricky for them because of FAA regulations. Because the, the airport is is central to the city, right? Yeah, you have the airport right there, so you run into a problem there, and then there's other problem. The air, so you have an airport. In the north end, then you have the 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 helicopter pad at the uh, at the hospital, that is also part of that same that same restricted air zone. So you've got a couple places across the city, a very narrow city to begin with, that you can't even bring drones anyway. Here's a question: As a homeowner, property owner, do I own the airspace above my property around my my boundaries? No. I nope. do not. No. Who no. Does? No, you uh, no, you don't. In fact, there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of case law on that. Isn't there's there? a lot of case law on it. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, so basically, uh, you know, they found that like in cases where, and this typically comes up with when there's marijuana growings, and this was on uh, you know cases in the late '80s or you know, and right? They, they had said that at first they they had ruled that you you couldn't encroach on someone's airspace, but then they saw they said if it's um, you know airspace is a you know publicly na- publicly publicly navigable airways okay there's no expectation to privacy okay so if uh, so they said police who are trained in marijuana <laughs> right right <laughs> could fly over someone's house and spot marijuana plants thanks to their marijuana training right and they could use that as and t- take some pictures right and take some pictures and identify it they could use that as a basis for a search warrant on the on the property okay. so you but there's a recent case in Michigan that came down and I imagine the Supreme Court would absolutely overturn it but this is this is there's a recent case case in Michigan that came down that said Drones actually do require a warrant because of their sophistication and mobility really? through people's yards and their and their lack of detectability. So, generally, when so generally, um, uh, things that you need so things that you need uh, uh, things that aren't generally available to the public or that provide some sort of special uh, type of uh, vision or transparency, like let's say a thermal scanner, you'll need a warrant for. And what they're saying is the sophisticated, even though drones are publicly available, they're generally available to the public, so you typically wouldn't need a warrant for it. The sophistication in their ability to get into spaces that planes, let's say, couldn't, would require you to get a warrant. Would is 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 similar to like a thermal scanner. Oh. 
Yeah. Wait, I'll tell you what. I asked one question. I got all kinds of <laughs> I don't even. I blacked out. So listen, you you're you're a longtime feast goer and a motorcycle guy. What did you think of the changes that, that the state police recommended for the for where the motorcycles could be parked this year? What do you make of that? Well, unfortunately, Chris, I haven't been able to get there yet. <laughs> right. right. I've got a little bit of backup here in my health, so uh, I. I I decided that being shoulder to shoulder with uh, thousands of people is probably not a good idea. I hear you, brother. I really do. So I have I haven't been there. I plan on trying to go down there tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon. But I, I'm not aware of the changes. Was the changes of state police? Oh, so they're pushing it on the state police this year. So the so state police somewhere. So the so when you guys used to be able to park at the Panthers Club. Right. The state police rec, uh, have have asked that they don't park the bikes there. That they and if you go to wbsm.com, they'll it'll tell you because Barry wrote a story about it. That, okay. that the state police and I think it has something to do. You you can imagine what it has to do with. Uh, the state police are are asking them to not put the bikes there this year. Huh? For what reason? Uh, um, there's some problems with certain clubs. Yeah. Well, well, they're afraid that, I don't know. I've, that I've, something's going to happen. That's what it comes down to, I think. 40-some years I've been parking my motorcycle there. No, I know. That's why it's crazy. No, no, I agree with you. No, that, that's, why, that's why it's interesting that they changed it this year. Yeah. Oh, so they're not allowing you to park in front of No, this no. Year. This year is not allowed. Are, they, are you, like, down in front of the Ponte Delgada, that I, area? I believe, there? I believe, but go to ba- go to Barry's story. Actually, I'll look I it up. Will, I'll check it out. Yeah, Barry's story. Barry's story on the motorcycles, and uh, it'll tell you that and, and, and what the state police said. Well, you know, with that being said, maybe I won't even bother going down there then. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, you know, for your health, I wouldn't just... <laughs> no, no, I don't mean, I mean, because, you know, look, you're, you're like me these days, right? A little bit fragile than yeah, you used to be. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea to me going down here in a sea full of people sweating and spitting and hollering and screaming and being drunk and rubbing up against me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not willing to take any chances. Oh, I hear you, brother. I mean, believe me. I, I need the monkey virus next. You know? Yeah, yeah. De- I, don't think, I don't think you're a candidate for the monkey virus, but... <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so, brother. Time. Johnny, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Nice thanks, man. Keep good it. talk. All right, 508-996-0500. Hey, it's Friday night, it's feast night, but the call lines are still off the hook here on South Coast tonight. Good evening. Yes, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, my man. Okay, how you doing? Good, how are you? Not bad, my friend. Uh, I didn't get to the earlier part of your program, but I know you guys got your ears close to the ground. What do you guys think about this Dukakis money that was supposed to be getting because of the excess taxes. What do you, what do you think is going to happen there? I think you're going to get it. Yeah. I think uh, you're going to get it. It's pretty clear. It, some of it? No, I think you're going to get I think it's a 7% return is what they're figuring. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll know exactly in September, but it looks to from my conversations uh with with people and mm-hmm. with with what's news reports, um it looks like the legislature is going to honor that that ballot initiative. Well, do they have any other choice in a way? It, well, they could they law, could change right? it. They could change it. They could they could ignore it. They could change it. They could ignore it. They, they could change it. Uh, gee, I don't think that would be very popular. Well, that's why they're not going to do it. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but the um, if you we had Anthony Mori on here, and he said he would be one of the taxpayers. He's already lined up enough taxpayers to take it to court if that mm-hmm. was the case. Mm-hmm. But but it, but the Speaker of the House uh, Marino said that Mariano said that it's the law of the land. We're going to honor it. 
So I think I think for that. And then if you notice, they pulled back on some of their spending bills mm-hmm. and on the other tax rebate as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to come down the pike. Did they do it once before? It was 87 when it began. Immediately, immediately after the law was passed. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. The Dukakis era. They must have anticipated it. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. The Duke is still having an effect on us even today. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think I think that there's enough people in the legislature that remember what happened in 1990. Mm-hmm. You know, with all all the excesses of the 80s, mm-hmm. um, and how next thing that that's how they got Bill Weld, mm-hmm. and they got a lot of they got enough Republicans in the state Senate that year to also uphold his vetoes. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of House members. They don't. You know, you got. You still have some marginal districts for Democrats. They don't want to play games. Mm-hmm. They like they like their majority. They don't want to play games. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that in that respect, they're not going to chance it, which is good. Yeah. They like their supermajority. Yes. Well, that's good to hear. I heard something today on the streets, which I didn't know it was true. Someone told me that uh, the government has been giving money to local restaurants. Have you heard anything on that, or is that just a vicious lie? Well, I mean, so there's some ARPA mon- uh, money that's available, I know, for, like, a facade program, right. stuff like that. But we know some people in the industry well, we can ask. I know that, Pop, but I mean, you know, to keep the business going, not to change the facade, which a lot of people, you know, might be renting a building. I don't know if they're really into changing facades for the owner. Maybe it's you know? an EDC program. I was going to say, yeah. it may not be giving it, but they may be helping to, to facilitate loans. Might be an EDC program. Okay, okay, because, again, this is off the street. What I got is that uh, the restaurants in the areas, you know, in Massachusetts, are being underwritten by the government, that they're getting checks every every so often. Uh, every month yeah, month. Um, I, I don't... It's just lie? <laughs> well, no, no, I think that's that's probably based on the truth. Yeah, but, but, it's but, probably a variation of right, the truth. Right, It's You know, I can tell you, for example, and as Marcus points out, an EDC program, if you look, like I'll read the minutes of the of the licensing board, right, from time to time, mm-hmm. and um, you'll see where the licensing board has signed off on allowing a license to be used as collateral mm-hmm. because they're getting a loan from from a bank, right, mm-hmm. or, or or they're getting a loan through the EDC from a bank. Okay, mm-hmm. so there is there are, and but that was going on even before the pandemic. You know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. there there are some of those things, but I, I don't I don't know of a direct. To the to the you know to the restaurants payment that's not that's not well known. I don't know about it really. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't okay. I don't think okay. it's exactly. I don't think it's an accurate statement. Okay. Really. Okay. All right. Let me ask you one other big question. Since sure. you're you're practically uh, crowning uh, Maura Healy as the uh, new governor in the future, uh, I, I still say Chris Doty. You never know the the state likes to have. Somebody. He got a bad poll. He got a bad poll in the uh, Republican primary. He's down by he's down to deal by double digits. Mm-hmm. I mean, not mm-hmm. poll, polls aren't all that accurate. Uh, not all the time. Polls can be pretty accurate. Not all polls are super accurate. But he got a bad poll with Deal. So well, I'm again, not sure. if if they, if they put up Deal, he's going to lose. That, yes, hundred percent. Uh, Doty is right. the only one they got a chance of winning with. Right. I would think. Well, okay, I agree. To keep that Democrat Republican a little bit balanced, <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. I, I I just don't think Doty's. You know, people want to say Charlie Baker, Charlie Baker. I just don't think Doty's Charlie Baker. I think Charlie Baker's. Um, I think Charlie Baker. Is a, a particularly talented, uh, and not to say Doty isn't talented. He's obviously a very successful person. But I think, I think Charlie Baker is a particularly p- talented individual and candidate. Charlie Baker has six, had six years to become Charlie Baker. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Question. He, when he oh, and he lost before scene, he won. Right. He first, yeah, yeah, right. When he first on, came on the scene, he was a, an angry guy, and that, <laughs> yeah. to me, that killed him. 
But when he learned how to cry a little bit, that humanized him. Yeah, he, his, well, his, his original campaign slogan was, uh, had enough yet, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 and he, he can be a tough guy, too, you know, and he gets angry at certain times. I've seen him on TV, he gets a question he doesn't like, and he is, his eyes kind of glare at you, but he holds back his ire. And he doesn't really, uh, you know, snap at people as he did, I believe, when he ran the first time for governor. I'm glad he handled his Madeira wine last night then. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thanks. We're going to take this break. Listen to us live. Your calls, 508-996-0500. Happy feast, by the way, everyone. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Yes, I'm calling again. I hope that's okay because the first call was because of the guest. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. More than okay. Yeah, the the second uh, part of this is... Is I'm, I'm going to be voting definitely for, for uh, the female candidate. Uh, the, the first guy didn't answer my question. It was a legitimate question. I didn't know whether or not he had jurisdiction over the, the 40B stuff. And he gave an answer that said, basically said, well, this is, let's keep the status quo because we don't want those rich uh, communities uh, uh, not having public housing. Well, they haven't had any public housing for a very minimal amount for the last 10, 15 years. That was the idea. If he had authority over that, he could force them or find them uh, and, and maybe come up with a formula uh, that, you know, for, you don't get fined again if you're in the process, but you still got to buy two points from the Beffitt. Tom, I, I mean, thought your plan, I think you, I think your plan is, is, is very interesting. Um, no, I'm not here to defend Amore, but I don't, I listen to his answer. I don't quite. I think his answer was that it's not the job of the the auditor doesn't have that power to do that. You know, um, I, I oh, like okay. your question. Yeah, okay, though. That, that, that's different. That, that, yeah, but I, I thought your question that. was very interesting because when you said it, I thought, man, Tom might be onto something here because I I think there are communities that would probably buy credits from the city of New Bedford to avoid having more affordable housing. Um, sure. I mean, you you don't have to give them the complete 10. You know, you're going to put them on a path at least to build some. Right. But certainly, you know, we're, we're such a compassionate city and have been over the years that we're, we're pretty far over. Way over. over. The top. Way over. And, and when you think about what, what Kyle Owls was saying last night, you know, granted the mayor's putting up 11 million and it's going to create 150 units, but that's about 2,200 units short of what we need. So... Uh, with all that comes a certain amount of education, a certain amount of law enforcement, a certain amount of fire protection, and the sale of, of these credits, whatever the value somebody can come up with, right. would certainly help us out in the budgetary sense. You know what I mean? No, no. Believe me, I think it's I think it's a fantastic proposal. Um, how how it would translate into working? But you know, as I, when I was on the board of selectmen in Freetown, we tried to put in. You know, people approach us with with um, with forty um, B developments, and um, some of them were met with a lot of resistance. Some were met with limited resistance once they understood what was really going on, right? Right. Um, and um, that was, but I could tell you that, and I, I really, I, I wouldn't feel, and, and times have changed, but this was in the nineties. But I got some responses on my answering machine which tells you how long ago it was, they were, they were actually grotesque, okay? Um, yep. but, but we're also ignorant. They were, they were misinformed. You know, that when I spoke to the people and said, look, it's not what you think. Um, you know, I had, uh, just to give an example, people said, I don't want you to build Evergreen Park. Remember Evergreen Park? They, didn't want right. you to, they said, we don't want Evergreen Park in Freetown. You know, and I'm like, look, that's not what they're going to try to do. And, and we have limited stuff you can do because we don't have sewer and um, much water out there. But my point is, I, but 
Would the town meeting have bought credits from New Bedford to offset housing? Perhaps. Perhaps they would have. So yeah. um, I think that's a, it's a very, it's, a, it's an explorable well, idea. But I think we, you'd need legislation on that. Yeah, we need Ian Averill. He's a smart guy on this. I bet you he could figure it out. And uh, at least for some type of presentation. But first, because uh, I, I know, and I'm just, I'm just shooting from the hip with right. this one. But, but it's been going on for so long. Somebody's got to do something. You can't just let these communities get away with it. That's the way I look at it. You know, it, it's it's a hundred percent true, because the um, when you look at, um, I would imagine that, and. When I just think of certain communities like Weston or Newton, some of those yeah. places, they they could probably would probably be happy to, to have the option to buy their way out of it. Okay, at least they they they, they give up some of their shame. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they, well, well, Mayor yeah. Mitchell Mayor Mitchell has made the made the point. He said that that the city of New Bedford takes on a lot of the problems of other people's communities. Right. That's exactly right. By housing people that, that can no longer be housed in other places. Right. And that it, we can't shoulder it alone. It's true. Yeah. So I would imagine that you would find a lot of um, a lot of the situations where and the development class would probably welcome it to say, look, yeah, can I can I buy off my my uh, affordable housing commitment here by just charging more for you know I boy Tom I think you're really onto something there I'm probably, yeah. it's probably been examined before by some of the the free market um, institutions and maybe some of the fair housing groups but uh that, that's a fascinating proposal but again I don't think Amore I think I think he was I think he was very narrowly focused on the on the on this job with his answer to you Tom thanks for the call we appreciate it yeah nice talk to you guys thanks. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Yeah. Hey, Chris. When yes. I was at Fort Devens, I was senior instructor in military intelligence for the training unit up there. And in 72, 73, we started getting women in who could work and maintain the equipment. And I'll never forget, Chris, one yes. day I walked into the barracks. I looked across the quadrangle, and I see lights in the sky, and I hear thwop, 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 thwop. It was a helicopter with a searchlight searching the woods for young couples <laughs> who were making out in the woods. Right. <laughs> this is this is what happened. I I will never forget that because you were talking about the girls earlier. Oh yeah. But yes, we did have them up at Fort Devens. But uh, I found it remarkable, and there there were some problems, you know, hard breakups, uh, right. relationships, etc. But, uh, I no, saw I, it in my I unit. You get a kick out of it. No, I thought that was funny. I, I saw it in my unit. I could tell you that when I got back to back, you know, I got out of basic training in, in AIT. Um, you know, you're running the guys who went through the went through the class after you. You know, they kept, they're in your unit, and you ask them how was this guy? You know, that drill sergeant, this drill sergeant, and I found out that my company, that I my training company, had actually become f female as well as male. A couple cycles after I had gone through, and turns out one of the drill sergeants who we liked him, he ended up getting in trouble. He was messing around with one of the privates. It was a girl, and there's oh, a yeah, major, yeah. major power differential there, right? He ended up getting yeah. getting getting charged criminally. I mean, it just it just can lead to a lot of problems, and it's just not good. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was the commander of Fort Devens ordered <laughs> helicopters up in the air to make sure nobody was hooking up out in the woods. I I will never forget that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks, Don. Thanks, All right, guys. Have a good one. All right, we're going to take this break. We'll be right back. 1420 WB.
You're instant to attack. I would have won. I would have won. So welcome to South Coast tonight. <laughs> welcome to South Coast tonight. Uh, I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. So um, just briefly, I want to talk a little bit about a column I wrote today. Sure. Uh, there, It's about how um, Madeira wine was the founding, basically the signature drink of the American Revolution. True. The founding fathers loved it very much. They cooked. Uh, it cooked uh, on the sh It basically got, uh, it was made with brandy. It's a fortified wine, which means it's made with brandy to endure the long, the long journeys to America. And... Um, it's, uh, the journey to, uh, through the subtropical te temperatures to America was part of its distillation process because the heat of the ships would cook the wine more right. and, and foment it. Right. And so it gave a unique flavor that the founding fathers really loved. So I talked about, you can check it out on WBSM.com. It's, I just talked about how essentially, uh, the wine played a role in, the uh, the the Liberty um, the Liberty riots and the Boston massacre and so just check it out it's again uh, Madeira wine is really important so when you have a if you have a glass this weekend uh, just know that you're drinking the signature drink uh, of our of our country's founding I think it's a fascinating fascinating topic really Marcus yeah. and I, I look forward to reading your column uh, on it the I can remember reading as I said biographies of the founding fathers and seeing Madeira wine mm -hmm. quite you know, prominently in the in the books, and going to my dad, go, Dad, is this Madeira wine for like from the feast? Yeah, I'm like yeah, it is. You know, and I thought it was really unique. And you're right, it, it's got brandy in it. Yeah, it, it does that's have brandy. What, in that's it. what kicks that's, your ass. That's what gets you right. And um, yeah, I think John Adams had a story, like told a story about how Abigail got a little too ahead of herself with a with a bottle of Madeira one time right. and embarrassed him in front of some dignitaries. So uh, John John uh, Thomas Jefferson. Um, uh, planted cork trees so he could bottle the uh, bottle it at Monticello. Uh, so, yeah. So check it out. It's it's a it's a quick article, but I think it's an interesting bit of history. Uh, you can check that out on wbsm.com. We're gonna take one more break for the hour, uh, and we'll be right back. Hello, welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Chris McCarthy. Marcus Farrow's here. So, Marcus, um, you you you've been involved with the feast really your whole life. Yeah. So, um, my my family's been involved with it for a long time. When I was younger. I was a little bit involved with it. My dad was involved with it. And then I, I kind of like, I moved away from it for a while. But then in my mid-20s, I, I picked it up again. Right. And and he, my dad picked it up again. Okay. And it was, it was really cool. It's, it's such a, it's such a, um, it's such a point of pride for us. Sure. And actually my grandfather, uh, Joe, um, Joe Sr., he was, uh, he, I remember him receiving it. He received the Lifetime Achievement Award from really? the Feast, from the, from the, from the, uh, the Madeira Club. So um, it's really something. And, and actually, if you go to the Museum of Madeira Heritage, which I encourage you to do, you'll see in one of the walls, you'll see uh, pictures of my grandfather. Really? It says the, the, the Farrow family. And it's my grandfather and all of his brothers and sisters that were very involved uh, with the feast. Uh, actually, in the 100th, anniversary, 100th year anniversary of the feast, my aunt um, Rosemary had made a shirt. And it said 100 years of pharaohs, and it showed the tree of all the all the members of the pharaoh family, to include uh, Carl Alves from PACA, right. um, to uh, include Carl Alves, who who have been involved in the feast or have served on the feast committee. Right. It is a point of honor. Actually, when I when I, when I I got nominated to serve, my dad was like, and it wasn't like, oh, you got to do it. He goes, you got to do one, right? right. You got you to right. do one. So, and I'm actually doing it next year. So uh, I'm up. I got the letter of nomination. I talked to some guys that I'm going to be serving with next year, and I'm really excited for it. No, I think, look. There's nothing else like it, really. I it mean, really is. It's a tremendous, incredible. tremendous um, 
continuing festival here in the city of New Bedford. It's great for the region. I mean, there are people who plan their vacations to come back to the area for and, the feast. And and you'll see all these political candidates that are here. You know, right. we're talking to us, um, Senator DeZoglio and, and Anthony Amori, and, and the, we know that others will be here, too. I've talked to them. The governor was there last night. Governor Baker The governor was here. Was here. He's, he came every year. Yep. Uh, under the, Every year that it happened under him, uh, he came every year. So did Lieutenant Governor Polito. The, um, the, you know, I'll tell you one thing. Last night, I was listening to the scanner. Uh, the police scanner in New Bedford, and really the New Bedford police, um, it's a precision team. Yeah. The way they the way they were able to get everyone out of that uh, yeah. out of those feast grounds, they cl- they start closing. I, the I actually saw Chief Oliveira there himself uh, when I was I was there earlier today. I saw Chief Oliveira there himself. Well, what's very interesting is last night on the scanner when the when Governor Baker got there, he w- he, w- he was at the wine up, upstairs of the wine t- uh, uh, hut. I don't know what you call it, yeah. wine building. You just call it the wine hut. And um and um. 